Had you actually read the email, you would know that the podcast you are about to listen to could contain explicit language and offensive content. These HR experts' views are not representative of their past, present, or future employers. If you've ever heard, my manager is unfair to me, I need you to reset my HR portal password, or can I write up my employee for crying too much? Welcome to our little safe zone. Welcome to Jaded HR. Welcome to Jaded HR, the podcast by two HR professionals who want to help you get through the workday by saying all the things you're thinking, but say them out loud. I'm Warren. And this is Feathers. All right, back again. You know, it has been almost exactly a month since we actually recorded an episode. We've just had so much going on, and luckily we built a little archive, I guess, of a couple episodes up, and now we, we've burnt through those, so we have to record again now, so... Yeah, us. So <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying my break. <laughs> yeah, we we had a little break, but the break is over. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before I get too far in, I have a t- couple of things. First, as always, I want to thank our Patreon supporter Hallie, the original Jaded HR rock star. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please think of supporting us. There's a link tree in our show notes and our Instagram page of all the ways you can show us. But there are four ways you can support us. Be a Patreon like Hallie. You can leave a review like someone did. I'm about to read in just a moment. Tell a friend or contribute a story. So when it comes to reviews, like I said, it's been over a month since we recorded. So on August 20th, just over a month, Watertsville wrote, A Breath of Fresh Air. I love this podcast. It's refreshing to listen to such relatable content. As an HR manager, I feel it in my soul. Thank you. So that's what we do. (laughs) So it's like feeling your soul sucks for you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Your soul is burning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, uh, appreciate the three cents, but also I'm like, it's called Pepsi. Yeah, there's there's other things in life. Get this out of your soul. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully he's turned to the dark side like we have and been able to be very jaded, as I think that is the true survival mechanism. Another thing before we get started with our main topics today, I wanted to bring up is uh, we're going to give a shot to putting out episodes weekly. The main episodes, the half hour plus long episodes, will be on the regular every other Thursday schedule. And then in between, we're going to do short episodes, just a little one topic thing or a rant or something. Who knows what it is going to be? We'll figure that out as we go. But just a a shorter episode every other week, just to keep you all that's some of the feedback we've gotten. We'd want to want us to record weekly and it's tough, y'all. So we'll we'll see what we can do. We're going we're going to give it the old college try there. So I've got so many little topics I want to cover to, in in this episode. Another follow up we had. I think the original story came out when Patrick was co hosting. But do you remember the story of the Central Park Karen? She called the police and said a black man was harassing her who was just bird watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how could you forget? Yeah, 
Well, her case went to court. Her her suit against her employer went to court, I should say. Oh, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, but it get, went absolutely nowhere. So just to refresh everybody, she was walking her dog in Central Park, and there was a black man bird watching. And all of a sudden, she gets on her phone and saying that it's a black man, and he's, you know, I don't know, he's going to get her some way, shape, or form. I don't know exactly what he, she said. And uh, she got fired from her job the next day. Social media went off on her, deservedly so. That's a, a good implementation of social justice, I think. But uh, here's why the judge dismissed her lawsuit. This is from Eric Meyer. In, on LinkedIn on September 22nd, starting with race discrimination. She argued that the defendants, her former company, implicated her race, white, with each public communication about the incident by repeating connecting their stance against racism with their termination. In other words, their condemnation of racism made them racist, <laughs> is what Eric <laughs> Meyer wrote. <laughs> it, it's just so, it's, oh, it's great. Um, uh, let's see here. Ne- forget to mention that the defendants never publicly mentioned the plaintiff's race. Racism is not race. So discrimination based on alleged racism is not the same as discrimination based on race. Uh, so anyways, the court noted a statement that someone is a racist while potentially indicating an unfair dislike does not indicate the object of the statement being rejected because of her race. So they, without any direct evidence of discrimination, she needed to show that the company treated similarly situated men more favorably for their sexism. Her second complaint was sexism. So she wasn't able to do that either. She said the only similarity that matters is her and her com- comparators shared employment because she's challenging a company-wide double standard. Well, the r- judge was not impressed with that either basically shot her down with much prejudice. (laughs) So anyways, that is awesome. I'm glad to see she got more just deserves in in that case. So, (laughs) you know, moral story, just don't be a Karen. Don't be an asshole that, you know, if (laughs) I'm going to get my JD one day, I'm going to become a lawyer and I'm going to write handbooks for companies and it's going to be one page handbook and it's going to say, don't be an asshole. And that covers absolutely every policy you could ever have. Don't be an asshole. Show up to work on time. You know, do do as you're supposed to do, whatever. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so absolutely entertaining. If like first of all, I wanna see I wanna be there for that graduation ceremony when you actually get your JD. Because <laughs> that would be quite entertaining. I'm collecting money for a scholarship wife. fund right now, and I'll the, put out a go. The look on your wife's face face is going to be like, oh, Warren. Okay, it's just going. And then you, and then you're writing the. <laughs> Here's my terms of services. I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars, and I'll write your new handbook. It's one page. It's one paragraph. <laughs> it's one sentence. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. But that covers. Don't be an asshole. Everything that ever needs to be in a handbook. Just do whatever the <laughs> fuck you're supposed to do, and don't be an asshole. There, I'll make it don't two sentences. Now, I've expanded it, so they're getting even more value for their money. Oh, let's see here. I'm trying to find, I, I wanted to do these. Well, okay, here's another story, also from LinkedIn. I, I, I was out of town for a few days. I came back, and I jumped on LinkedIn. It was like, it was just all this manna from heaven of all these great stories from the people I follow on LinkedIn with these great stories. But you may remember, I think it was two years ago, 
we went to a restaurant and we and in the background was playing a basketball game and you know how much i know about professional basketball when i ask what the hell is rupaul doing as the head coach of whatever team it was because i couldn't name you five nba teams right now <laughs> so my my basketball knowledge is very very limited at the pro side but this comes to us from our buddy john hyman on linkedin september 23rd the Boston Celtics suspended their head coach for the r- remainder of the 22-23 season. What do you think he did, Feathers? I don't know. I don't follow the NBA either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't follow him, but he was in a relationship with an office staff member, <laughs> uh, apparently. Now, th- this, is, this is where I want to get into this situation. Are I think the Celtics are way overreacting because all signs point that this was a consensual relationship and the staff member was not under his hierarchy at all. She was an office staff member and obviously he's not in the office. I, I really think that I'm just overreacting to the next degree, but I wanted to quote John Hyman a little bit here. He writes, this relationship appears to be consensual one between two willing partners. If you don't want your head coaching dating staff, why not just direct Udoka to end the affair with a stern warning and tell him not to let it happen again instead of a year-long suspension? There has to be more to the story that we don't know. Focusing on conduct and misconduct instead of relationships will provide your employees with the necessary tools to avoid the types of problems that can arise and which in turn will help your organization avoid litigation that these problems often cause. So John Hyman, being an awesome labor and employment attorney, came up with four possible solutions to this scenario. The first so don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole. Well, that that would be my first solution. But but in my case, I don't think that's being an asshole. If you're if you're in operations and you have a relationship with a office member and the admin side, that's and there's there's no way to have it be quid pro quo or anything like that. But his four solutions are ban relationships outright, ban them between manager and a supervisor, permit them with a signed agreement. If you remember the office space, not the the office, not office space, the love contract, and then do nothing and permit them across the board. So I, I had some thoughts on those. First, just don't ban relationships outright. That's that's only asking for trouble. That's not really in your employment lane. If someone in your shipping and receiving department falls in love with someone on your, I have no clue, accounts payable team or something, I have no idea. What the hell does that matter? There's not a, there's not a chain of command there. Now, I, I absolutely do agree with don't allow them for supervisor subordinate relationships anywhere oh, within the chain of command. That's, that's, I absolutely agree love contracts. I read an article and I did search for it and I couldn't find it between the time I saw this post and the time I saw it, but it was, I want to credit the writers, but I can't, but it was basically stating that how bad an idea love contracts, if you will, are because what's a consensual relationship today is not tomorrow necessarily. You know, person A and B had a horrible breakup and now they're at each other's throats and who knows? And people are complaining, you know, just love contracts. No, I just don't like that, that idea. 
And so I just, I Googled it because I never heard it before. So I got, just got this answer. A love contract is a document signed by the individuals involved in the company that affirms the voluntary and consensual nature of the relationship and reiterates, acknowledges the company's anti-harassment and retaliation policies. So, hmm. Okay. So I can't retaliate them. They broke my heart. Can't retaliate against them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't steal their sandwich out of the refrigerator. So yeah, I, I, I just think they're, they're, a waste. <laughs> Some of the stuff is hilarious. Like another question is: Is a love contract legally binding? <laughs> it depends on which love contract you want. <laughs> if I want to have a couple hours at the Bunny Ranch, I don't know. Is that legally? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just don't use your company card. Don't use the company card. <laughs> well, you know what? Perfect segue. Because. On the week, last week, or earlier this week, both John Hyman and Eric Meyer, who have referenced both already today, wrote and had a, covered an interesting case that came up. Let's see, how will I do this? Um, okay, there's an employee who sues their company for discrimination, FMLA violations, and so on and so forth and so on. Well, that employee then goes on vacation. Now, while that employee's on vacation, the company needs to move some lockers, including that employee's, because it blocked some security cameras. To make it easier to move the lockers, they cut off the locks and emptied them. But they didn't know whose phone this was. So there was a cell phone. The HR director, and this was a perfect Karen move here, thought it was a company-issued phone, and she tried to get into it. And guess what? She guessed the password on the first try. So they opened and started searching through text messages and found out the employee was texting and hiring prostitutes while at work. So, and this happened over a year ago before the lawsuit. And by the way, one of the two noted that this company did not have a policy against texting or hiring prostitutes at work. (laughs) Falls under, don't be an asshole. So <laughs> the things we have to write policies for. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how many of, out, of you out there have a policy written. Don't text and hire prostitutes at work. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. I have, a, have an anecdote about that. This is not a company I worked for, but a company I knew about in New York City years ago when I was working in Manhattan that the organization had... Um, financial difficulties when a new leader took over and come to find out when they finally had an external audit done on the books, the uh, person that was in charge at the time had ordered, paid for it, and had delivered a mail order bride from Russia. Hey. All paid by, com- made, all paid by company funds. From, lo- <laughs> from Russia with love. <laughs> Russia with something. <laughs> oh. I was like, you can't make this shit up. Like, wait, hold on. Really? The person embezzled, I mean, it was thousands of dollars and got themselves a bride from Russia on the company done. And some people say you can't buy love. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I might be able to pay for it, but a company can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What you do on your own dime is your own business. Yeah, that's my money. I'm not not wasting my money on that. (laughs) You can pay for that. That, that's a new company perk. We get mail order prides for anybody that's, who wants them. That's awesome. We've got to add that to our benefit package. <laughs> like, if you're down in your luck and you're sad, we'll just get you a bride. 
<laughs> or get you a, a whatever whatever your preference is. If it's not a bride, we'll get you something else. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. E- equal equal opportunity, Warren. Equal opportunity. Absolutely. We don't care if you already have a wife or two or three. Hey, sure. Still take advantage of the policy. Or a, hu- or a husband or a side piece or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Husband and a wife. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can have it all. Who said you can't have it all? <laughs> But we're not giving any increases for yeah. You're not getting a raise. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I don't give a shit. The inflation's up. Sucks for me too. I'm not getting a raise either. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see. Where was I? Well, the employee after getting they fired him obviously for hiring prostitutes while at work because the the texts were date and time stamped, uh, but. Now, the employee sues the company because of the previous lawsuit in terms of retaliation. The district court found in favor of the company. So when it went to the district court, they said, it's fine. However, the third district court reversed the ruling and said that the reason for the termination is irrelevant if the investigation led to the discovery of evidence that caused the termination was pretextual in itself. So the ultimate conclusion, a jury could not find that reading text messages from this far back in time is more suggestive of a search to find an excuse to fire the employee in retaliation for his protective activity. So, you know, and then Eric Meyer in his article went on about, you know, why did they do this? I mean, okay, you got into the phone now, just make a call and see what number shows up, you know, to, to call them and see, who you know who it is maybe hey if you're an hr director maybe you're in their phone list hey punch in my own name text yourself say oh okay this is johnny's phone i i just i i don't believe that was an accident that you know i think someone said hey i bet you if you look in johnny's phone you'll see he's mm-hmm. got prostitutes on hire on speed dial or whatever <laughs> and, and <laughs> told him to actually go in and look at this but uh, yeah that's that's a real interesting story but how bad is your password if the hr director can guess it in on the first try maybe not have 1111 or 1234 or 000 <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking 1234 <laughs> <laughs> so now we all know your password but uh, exactly <laughs> just there's so many jaw dropping wows in here but maybe he was on his break he was taking a break and say hey I'm feeling a little lonely tonight. Meet me, meet me at the Notel Motel or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, so if it's company dime, we're going at least to the Marriott. <laughs> and maybe go to Sizzler afterwards. We're going to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. Yeah. That's an 80s reference for some of y'all. <laughs> we're around. Okay. The last topic I have for today, and I, I, I wanted to save this for last. Somewhere along the line, I subscribe to this thing like Reddit. It's called Quora. And overall, it sucks. But in my mailbox the other day came a, a link to a thread it knew I wanted to see. And they were actually right. The thread was titled, What is the best advice HR gave you? And the overwhelming responses to these threads, and it had, I forget how many hundreds of, of replies, was don't trust HR. And, you know, there's so many people who posted, well, I have a buddy who works in HR. 
or like said something along as I have a friend in HR who told them that HR is there only to protect the employee from the companies. And, you know, we've, we've covered it any number of times that our, our job is both you know, turning off the jaded hat now and saying, yeah, we, we do have to protect the company, but we also have to make sure the employees are treated and well and uh, protected as well. You just don't have a carte blanche to do some of these stupid things like that HR director. Let's go through a year of this person's cell phone text messages that anywhere. But anyways, so let's see here. Here are some interesting replies to that thread. And I'm going to use the replier's name. It looks like a lot of them use their real name and oh, well, sucks being you. Ben Skirvin wrote, in my professional life, I've been fired three times for taking a single scheduled sick day. Two of those fairly urgent, life-threatening situations. I've been fired because the boss broke my foot dropping a box on it. I've been fired because the boss tried to punch me and threaten violence against my family. I've been fired because the boss suffered a very literal psychotic break and started delusionally threatening to call me, call the police for no comprehensible reason that anyone could understand. So, okay. He says he's been fired three times for taking a single scheduled sick day. And then he goes on, he's been fired three other times for other things. You know, it goes, it goes back to that buddy you might have who's been married six times. <laughs> it's probably you. If you've been fired six times, I, I'm just guessing, you know, your bop your boss dropping a box in your foot where, you know, anyways, pretty stupid, but he goes on. Do you know what HR did in every one of those cases? worked overtime against me at the extreme end, falsified forms, wrote good performance reviews into bad ones, fabricated disciplinary notices. More normally, they simply stonewalled me with their might, prevented me from obtaining necessary records and documents, threatened expensive prolonged legal action, fought tooth and nail against unemployment claims. I can think of only one occasion where an HR rep did anything which indisputably benefited me. She leaked the company's payroll documents, which revealed the male employees were paid roughly half what the women in the same job were paid. However, in this case, she admitted to me that she'd only done so because her stupid boss had placed the company in serious legal jeopardy by so transparently discriminating on the basis of sex and gender. So this this person, Ben Skirvin, just, boy, they're, they're friend in HR is going to accidentally leak you these or leak you these documents? No, they're not. It's, you're full of shit on all these cases. You probably have been fired six times, but once again, it's probably because you're an asshole. You didn't follow my, my policy there. Lee Kristoff wrote, it also exists to give jobs to women with worthless degrees. <laughs> so, what's that say about us, Feathers? <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're men with worthless degrees. <laughs> what are you trying to say? And then someone replied to that comment, so damn true, who the hell needs a degree in HR? Well, and then Christoph also said, where would women <laughs> with worthless degrees work if there are no HR departments? Peter York writes, HR worse than scum. Treat them as the enemy. Someone replied to him, agree with you, HR department only cares about upper management. They don't give a damn about their employees are being treated unfairly. I experienced it firsthand. And then one person, one lowly soul stood up for HR, and that was Brendan Boyle. 
I disagree with this post. I've been an HR professional for almost 20 years and look at my job to be an advocate for the, advocate for the employees while keeping the integrity of the company intact. And someone said, your rarity should be commended. So it goes, it goes on. I'm trying to find some more of these lovely things. There was one other person who, who stood up for the, co- the company or for HR. Uh, oh, Julie Gill. This was my favorite quote, and I put it, I scrolled down and put it at the last for a reason here. Julie Gill wrote, it occurred to me how they find such people to do this job. Obviously, it's a special a special kind of sociopath or psychopath. So, thank you, Julie. I am a special kind of psychopath. <laughs> Can we get t-shirts made? <laughs> HR, special kind of psychopath, whatever it was. <laughs> yes. You know, I know the, the ladies at Baked HR are doing some merch. Maybe do I can put some merch out there. HR, special kind of psychopath. That yeah. is me. So... That is really, this is a little bit shorter of an episode. I just, but I, there's been so much little things in the news and I haven't had anything firsthand going on in my world to, to, you know, be, be more than interesting, but uh, anything fun going on in your world? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> there's nothing fun. I'm, I'm, I'm very jaded right now. <laughs> All right. So you'll use that energy to, you know, come up with some awesome topics for our future episodes. Uh, it- Exactly. Exactly. So, well, with that, I will leave our best practice as don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. And that works very well. As always, the intro and outro music is Devil with the Devil by the Underscore Orchestra. And thank you to Andrew Kolpa, who does an excellent job as the voice artist and reading our disclaimer. As always, I'm Warren. And this is Feathers. And we're helping you survive HR one what the fuck moment at a time.